0: Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the Storyteller is ready, so let us begin. Too little short for a stormtrooper? Huh? Oh, the uniform. I'm Luke Skywalker, I'm here to rescue you. Your who? I'm here to rescue you, I've got your R2 unit, I'm here with Ben Kenobi! Ben Kenobi? Where is he? Come on!
1: This week, the story is about siblings. And it's the first time that uh, you and I, we siblings, are going to be counting down uh, kind of different themes from one another. Ross is going to outline his top six favorite Luke Skywalker moments in all of Star Wars, and I'm I'm going to be counting down my top six favorite princess slash general Leia Organa moments. Um, This is largely to prevent us from having overlap in our lists, which we've been doing a lot of. But it's not a guarantee because a a great Luke moment might very possibly also be a great Leia moment and vice versa. Still, it's going to allow um, for a kind of news slant on us taking different perspectives as we talk about Star Wars. Ross, did you have a strategy in in making your selections this week, a a rubric that you tried to follow?
0: Uh, Yeah, I definitely did. It was a little less about Like, what was my fate? Like, I wasn't trying to view this from just a purely uh, personal lens. I was really trying to view this from a lens of my relationship to Luke Skywalker as a fan of Star Wars, but also um, Luke Skywalker's relationship to the rest of Star Wars and the impacts that that has on why I love Star Wars. And so it it still does come from from a very personal perspective, but at the same time, understanding the kind of the big picture because luke skywalker is such a figurehead in star wars that also uh was was quite easy uh, in a character like that where you have such iconic moments but at the same time there are some things that are like my favorite moment in star wars that contains luke skywalker is not on my list oh okay because it's not a
1: luke-centric moment
0: It's not, it is Luke-centric, but it is not so Luke-centric that that's why I love it. I love it for what it does for Star Wars and what it does for uh, the hero's journey per se and about learning about the Force and what it does to to the galaxy. Uh, I'm referring to the moment of uh, Luke hanging upside down in the Wampa Cave, for example. Oh, okay. That does not not make my top six. Uh, It is my clear cut, I've said it before, it is in my top two favorite moments in Star Wars but it does not directly pertain to my love for Luke Skywalker necessarily. That's fascinating uh, to me because it, it to me, at least
1: the way I viewed this assignment and you and I always have some granular distinctions in how we approach the, the list making, that's fine. But like to me, that is exactly by definition a Luke moment. And, and thus it would absolutely make my top six because I agree it's one of the great moments. Mm. And he's alone in it and he's heroic in it. And it's got like, it's got all of these uh, ingredients that you want, and so I'm 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 kind of surprised to see and curious to see what your list includes if that's something that doesn't make the cut.
0: Yeah, well, and that's the thing. It, it's it was the way that I viewed it, and um, it, it like that's a, a moment that that I love, but at the same time, it's also um, it, it's not one that like I, for example, I've said before that I, in theory, in some way think of that moment every day of my life. Um, But at the same time, um, growing up, Luke Skywalker wasn't my favorite character. Right. But that still was my favorite moment growing up because the only other ones that would maybe come into contention would have came along a little bit later. Uh, But when I would think of Luke Skywalker, I would think of other things. And so it it was interesting the way that I, I made that distinction, but it was, it was kind of the, the way I, I had to, to kind of view this assignment to not treat everything with the same lens that um, I treated with or else you are only going to have a, a, a Small uh, list of, a, of parts of Star Wars that you appreciate where there are so many more things and there are the reasons as to why I will I will get into them and maybe that will explain a little bit more as to why um, Luke maybe being by himself didn't allow for the character of Luke Skywalker, who's so much about legacy and impacting others, to necessarily um be a moment that I I chose to put in this list. Let but me obviously not downplay it.
1: Let me do what you're doing and try and illustrate my approach to this assignment by giving an example of something that I didn't include that other people might have. So, like as, okay. as somebody who's a movie fan and in particular um an enthusiast of the dialogue of films and the language of filmmaking i wanted to be careful to not confuse uh, a moment for a character a moment that's that's important to the character and my feelings towards this character with the linguistics of this character and where uh, you're talking about luke but i'm going to be talking about leia today this is Mm. a very linguistic character way more so than luke and and Mm. it'd be very easy to confuse a great leia moment for a great uh leia barb and There are some cases where there's overlap and you're gonna see that on my list, but for example, a really iconic movie moment for all of cinema is the hologram, Help Me Obi-Wan Kenobi, You're My Only Hope. And it is a great Leia moment, but actually it's a better Luke moment and a better Ben Kenobi moment. And so Mm -hmm. for those reasons, uh, like when I think about that and when when we see the full transmission, um, I think of Luke saying, who is she? She's beautiful. And then she mentions the Clone Wars, and like I get really excited about what that does for blowing up Star Wars, but it's not really particular to Leia, and so something like that is excluded from my list. Hey,
0: I actually, I think we did view the the task in in a similar way, and maybe uh, we'll get, uh, we'll understand a little bit more as, as we dive into it, but... Uh, Yeah, do you want to kind of kick things off with your number six Leia moment? This is my sixth favorite Leia moment. It happens in Return of
1: the Jedi on the forest moon of Endor when Leia meets Wicket the Ewok. She is found out, uh, passed out in the woods. She wakes up. She's kind of prodded awake with his little spear, and she has she has this hysterically ordinary conversation with his infantile little uh, alien teddy bear, who's cute but also kind of hostile. And this is uh, Carrie Fisher at her comedic finest and also at her truest Carrie Fisher self. Very easy to forget that this is like, uh, this is like a New York comedian Carrie Fisher in a fully realized sense at this point. And she's imbuing all this like sardonic, frankly, earthliness into Princess Leia at this point. And it's a completely ridiculous and fantastical scenario. In a way, uh, she kind of can't be this good with Han or Luke, because with Han and Luke, she has to propel the plot, and she has to stay more in character than she does with this little dude. Uh, Here, she's allowed to be wry and also kind of maternal. Like, Leia gives Wicket a piece of a cookie, and then she hands him her helmet so that he can inspect it. And after this, they go from being kind of adversarial to immediately being allies, and they are protecting each other from an Imperial troop. And I sort of think this moment is Leia in a nutshell, and so that's why I chose it.
0: Oh, I think this is a really great choice. I I think this is one that maybe people, uh, I will be honest, if I had to do Leia, I think I would be disappointed in myself for not maybe thinking of this one or putting it as high. I think this is a wonderful moment. And I think for all the things you said, and like she even gives him a little hug to help him like pick to take him down. (laughs) She lifts him up, it's so cute. Yeah, I know, it's just, and it's a a wonderful moment. And then it's the transition to like, when he takes her to Bright Tree Village And uh, she like gets in her like different other dress and it, but it shows that like, yes, Leia has to be strong and commanding as uh, a rebel leader with Han and Luke as well. But in this case with Wicket, she's showing another element of her political savviness and the fact that she's just someone who's able to get along with other people because she's empathetic. And that's the reason as to why she's the politician and the leader that she is, is because she just cares about other beings. Absolutely. And, and there's something very cool about her here
1: too. She just has this like real chill vibe, which... Yeah, the poncho's is awesome. And the poncho does a lot for almost anybody in Star Wars. A lot of great ponchos in Star Wars. We could do a top six mm-hmm. list of great ponchos
0: of Star Wars. Um, she's... Uh, Colin, you don't know this, but uh, in Jedi Fallen Order, the Star Wars video game, you only get ponchos. Nice. You, so there's like... He has his standard, like, there's four different, like, outfits you can have, which is, like, the underclothes. And then there's, like, 35 different ponchos that you can get. And <laughs> fans, fans give it so much shit. Because, like, seriously, these are the only choices that we get. But there are so many ponchos.
1: I loved it. Yeah, I'm game with that. <laughs> I can see why that is maybe met with a little bit of resistance. But, like, you need a few ponchos at least. You need a few ponchos, That's great. of course. So she looks great in the poncho. And so, like, obviously, uh, Carrie Fisher's amazing as, like, proper or... Um, or quippy, kind of kind of I don't want to say hostile, but like uh uh combative Princess Leia through the rest of the show when she's interacting with the more conventional main characters. But here she's kind of just being Carrie Fisher. She's just being very mm-hmm. like uh chill about everything and and that's what makes it very special to me. So how about we uh we move into a Luke moment, your sixth favorite Luke Skywalker moment
0: in Star Wars. Uh to be honest, I'm gonna go with one that uh you could say has recency bias, but I don't think, uh, it will age that way. I I think it very much will age, uh, solemn, like solidly in, in its spot. And I'm going to go with, uh, one X-wing. Great. We're saved. And uh, the entire sequence of Luke Skywalker returning, but not just Luke Skywalker returning as, uh, and I, I mentioned this before how it was one of the most, uh, I think the most, one of the most profound statements about the last Jedi I've ever heard, uh, came from the force center podcast. And it was that star Wars is always about growing up, but the last Jedi is the first movie in star Wars about growing old. Wow. And I think that is a, a, a deeply, uh, accurate and profound way of looking at that movie. And I think that that, uh, people who hate that movie, watch it in that light, maybe, maybe you'll like it a little bit more. Uh, and that's, uh, always a better thing if you can like something a little bit more, um, But interestingly, this is the Luke Skywalker that disappeared in 1983 and showed up in books for other people. But that wasn't really uh, something that I experienced in the same way in the 90s. And even the people that experienced those books in the 90s didn't feel like they got what they wanted um, because they never got episode seven the way that they expected them to get episode seven with a, a younger Luke Skywalker. And even George Lucas, his intentions would have been to do um Mark Hamill in his in his 40s or in his like late 30s it was not an intention for it to be this long after but they found ways to make it work but having him come back after all that time and be the same character but be different and evolved and fit in with the new way of the galaxy and setting it off in the right direction We had this beautiful full arc of Luke's life, but then you get this insert into the time in which he was kind of left off. And you, there was a lot for a lot of people wanted, but uh, it was so powerful to have him come in and you get the slow reveal with the fact that it's the X-wing, it's the black, it's the hood, it's the lightsaber, it's green, it's the glove, it's the the hilt, everything. And uh, then it's, you get the powerful Grogu Mando moment. uh, But it's just, it's all in all, it, broke the bloody internet and uh, I remembered the at 450 or five in the morning, whatever it was when my mouth was on the floor and I couldn't believe what was going on and Luke Skywalker saves the day as he does in all of the legends of Luke Skywalker that we hear about with Tamiri Blagg and those other kids playing with their little action figures at the end of the last Jedi. Uh, I think it's excellent. I think it'll it'll age so so wonderfully.
1: I think it will, too, and I think that's evidenced by, like, all the reaction videos you're seeing on YouTube and TikTok the last couple of weeks. Just folks, like, sharing not just their own reactions to this happening, but, like, here's a video of my 50-year-old dad seeing Luke Skywalker come back for the first time. Or, like, you know, here's my, my girlfriend who's never watched Star Wars before, uh but we've been watching them and now she's into it. And she gets it like, it's just kind of this like unifying moment that frankly, I know we talked uh, at length last week about how um, excellent a Luke Skywalker moment is uh, what happens on the salt planet when he dies essentially. And that is one of the great Luke moments. But um, I think this is probably the, the most impactful Luke moment that Disney's created thus far in that, I'm always going to remember seeing it for the first time. It's that that memory is not going to be obscured because it was so it was really important and meaningful. And what's nice about it is that it the Luke Skywalker of it all exists only in your heart when you watch it, because none of the other characters here know him like Cara Dune's like, who the hell is that? Like even Din is like, are you a Jedi? It doesn't matter at all who else is in the room. Yes, it's a beautiful scene. Uh, irrespective of Luke but like it matters because you're the fan and this is Star Wars interacting with you and so uh, I think that's an excellent selection
0: and R2 D2 is there which True. is incredible the fact that it's one of the strongest mirrors of Anakin because this is the first time that this is really this is the first time we've seen Luke as uh, like a being a prime Jedi Uh whereas we have seen Anakin as a Jedi in his prime as well. And so to be able to kind of mirror those two off each other more provides a lot of, uh, Great new insights into those characters and the relationships that they have in the, in the original trilogy. So I think it's a fantastic moment. We've talked about it certainly a lot in recent. So we don't need to hang on it anymore. But uh, definitely thought it deserved its its place on this list.
1: My fifth favorite uh, Leia moment is also kind of a Luke moment. Happens in Empire Strikes Back. Luke Skywalker's hanging from a Besman uh, weather vane. He's maimed, having been defeated by Vader, and Leia senses through the Force. Uh, where he is and that he needs her help. Uh, An an incredibly important moment uh, because it doesn't only reveal that Leia has powers to the audience and whether or not she knew that on any level previous to this, I guess we don't really know. Uh, It also further demonstrates uh, her generalized heroism, but also it signals a really deep Uh, fundamental connection between her and Luke. And it can't be overlooked that he does kind of whisper some some mournful cries of of, um, wanting a rescue from Obi-Wan, but then he very quickly switches to uh, distress calls to Leia. And there's no real reason why he should do that. It's just in his fundamentals, in her fundamentals, that they are connected. And this moment makes very clear that Leia is the salvation, the galaxy needs when all else fails as it has done for luke in this moment and she's always going to do the right thing no matter how heartbroken or uh, preoccupied she might be in a moment this happens immediately after she has told han she loves him for all she knows for the last time before he's sealed in carbonite we see later on in the sequel trilogy her Fortitude to carry on and be a leader and be the hero the galaxy needs her to be in spite of the extreme heartache She's experiencing from her personal life And this is kind of the first example of, of her having these multi-dimensions, but still Showing up and so
0: it's a great Leia moment. Oh It's an excellent one uh, the fact that she knows to go back uh, and the fact that Han is gone Luke is gone she is in charge of Lando and Chewie and the droids. Yeah. And especially in 1980, that is another, like, that's a, that's a nice thing to see. And Leia never is the damsel in distress. Uh, she may be the one who needs you to open the door, but she's going to say, you <laughs> know, she's a little short for a stormtrooper. Right. And then into the garbage chute, Flyboys. And so it's, it, she always is going to be that. Strong person, but at the same time, this is a bit of a strength and also that softness as well that she shows to wicket because it's a compassionate moment connecting with her brother Uh, it's also the first time she uses the force mm-hmm. Uh, that's pretty bloody huge. Uh, well, it's the first time we see, um, and it's the first time it's, it's done Uh canonically, it's not the first time she's done it in her life Um, uh, but in that regard, it's it's such an incredible moment. Um uh, and it also is the first seed planted on them being brother and sister. What do you think about that Luke
1: reaches out to her? He very quickly shifts off Obi-Wan and he just starts moaning Leia, Leia. And is that just something he feels compelled to do in his kind of delirium? Or
0: or is there some other reason why he might've done that? No, I, th- I think that's it. I mean, it, it wasn't confirmed at this point that they were going to be siblings. I mean, they kiss in the movie, so. <laughs> yes, they do, yep. But it's... Uh, it's it it it's it's just a further uh connection of luke in that regard uh it's just a, a furthering his ability to communicate across the galaxy uh, i think this moment uh, has a lot a lot more weight because of return of the jedi totally totally
1: this is a weird thing that happens where they cut the camera right before you actually see Luke enter the Falcon. And it's Lando who kind of goes upstairs to open the chute and and like usher usher Luke in. And then they rob the audience of actually getting to see Luke enter the threshold of the Falcon. He just kind of lets go of the weather (laughs) vane. And he's done a lot of falling at this point. And I don't know if he's able to like use the force to keep himself from like smacking his head or whatever. But I always (laughs) found it kind of clumsy the way he just like tumbles into this open spaceship and through like a tiny porthole.
0: I guarantee you, I, I i was never a robot chicken person, but I guarantee you there was a robot chicken of Luke hitting the Falcon and bouncing off. That kind of thing. And just yeah. dying. <laughs> exactly. All right. Your your fifth favorite Luke Skywalker moment. That was one in a million, kid. Oh, yeah. let blow this thing and go home. It is uh, it's it's the first big epic moment of heroism It is, uh, luke skywalker the terrorist of the empire and the hero of the galaxy the hero of the rebellion that lone x-wing uh, The recently deceased red five, uh that we see in rogue one and then luke taking over the reins and it's 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 a pretty damn cool moment. This is Luke turning off the targeting computer. This is all the experienced pilots failing. This is him losing the only friend that we know that he has. The one that like, oh, Biggs went off to the Academy. And it's, we see the big embrace that they have. Uh, Hans already left off, although he comes back. And that's what makes the moment even more heroic. But it's a matter of, it's Luke having no reason to trust his instincts other than the fact that he's been on this wild journey and that he feels this strong connection to old hermit Ben and Ben is speaking to him, but is he speaking to him or is Luke going crazy? It doesn't matter. Don't trust your eyes. They can deceive you. He turns off the targeting computer and makes the shot. And it is, it's intense. Vader's gone flying. It's pulpy as hell. It is. Uh, The death star, blows up and it blows up in such an epic fashion cool guys don't look at explosions and then we go to the incredible uh happy ending that is that occurs at the end of a new hope and that's i think it really also a very important thing uh for star wars is the the use of happy endings and a new hope in return of the jedi and the rise of skywalker and uh i think that's uh, another piece that's cl- uh, kind of Started off with a a success here or as Luke saves the day uh, for the first, but certainly not the last time
1: is don't trust your eyes. They could deceive you something that Ben tells him aboard the Falcon when he's training him earlier in the movie.
0: Yeah, when he's doing the like when he's practicing with the probe droid and then he has to put the thing. I can't see a thing right in this. Something I'd love to know, which I'll never be able to know is how
1: people must have felt about that upon seeing this movie for the first time before there are any more Star Wars movies and before it's really clear what the Force is. Yes, we've had this nice Mm. little monologue about uh, Obi-Wan telling Luke the Force is what gives a Jedi his power, yada, yada, yada. Um, But there's not an innate cultural understanding of the Force. Um, May the Force be with you doesn't exist to the zeitgeist at this time. And so I wonder if you're watching this movie, which as we know was largely... uh, beloved immediately Um, Mm. I wonder if you're watching this and you're having to suspend disbelief as you see the hero close his eyes from the cockpit of this of this spaceship Are you confused at all about how he summoned this magical power which has not really been fleshed out or do you think you just kind of roll with it the way Luke rolls with it
0: I think you roll with it the way Luke rolls with it and that's once again one of the many instances and I'll get to it again uh, in a little bit here uh, about the audience is Luke, and yeah. that's so very important. And uh, and I think maybe that's another reason as to why I, as much as never giving up is, I guess maybe the lesson, and um, concentrate and focus in your moment of desperation can maybe be the lesson in Luke hanging upside down in the Wampa Cave. But it's not so much of a uh, you being the audience. You're never in that situation, True. and there's not really a whole many situations you could even compare it to. It is. Like, it explodes the galaxy in your imagination. But uh, I guess this is another instance of the way that I viewed the task, whereas uh, we, the audience, connecting so closely with Luke and uh, being him in in so many ways.
1: A lot gets made out of Luke not really shedding enough tears over uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru, which is true. But you make a good point about Biggs, who we don't know how close they were, but, like, he was kind of his friend. Like, he still saw him, like... Just eviscerated from the sky. And Luke does not, he does not suffer a whole lot of uh, uh, grievances, does he, in Star Wars? Very few people. Is He actually mourns. He exhales. Yeah. (laughs) Well, he Uh. spends a little bit of time kind of grieving Obi-Wan only in that movie. He's like, I can't believe he's gone. He's the only person who actually, he witnesses vanquished, and he actually feels some ongoing emotions
0: over. I have my six worst Luke Skywalker moments, too. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay.
1: All right. This is my fourth favorite uh, Leia moment. It happens also in Return of the Jedi when Leia disguises herself as a bounty hunter to infiltrate Jabba's palace and to rescue Han. Uh, this this sequence is ultimately why I, I didn't choose the more obvious I love you, I know exchange for my list, uh, which in itself, I think is just a little bit more of a Han swagger moment. This is, this is kind of like Leia's version of that. It's her response to... Where And it's equally romantic, by the way. She appears having dressed up like the enemy the same way he was dressed up like the enemy when he first met her rescuing her for the first time. She announces herself as someone who loves you. Uh, It's deeply Mm. romantic. uh, And it's also just really badass of her. Carbonite stuff is actually... I think it's a little bit overlooked on this podcast. We don't discuss carbonite that much. But I think it's a fantastic resolution for this story. Carbonite was something that really fascinated me as a kid. And so... Uh, maybe oh, that's yeah. why I feel kind of drawn to this moment. She's just, just like really great uh, movie making when she takes off the helmet helmet, and her hair flows out and you're like, oh, it's beautiful Leia. And and she's a badass. And so that's that's why I like it.
0: Oh yeah, it, it's, it, it's a beautiful moment. And Han's blind in the moment. Yeah. But the fact that Leia is... And like the last time we saw them, Han is being stoic in Han. But he's like he's shaking and he's cold and he doesn't know what's going on Sweaty. Like it's just like yeah someone who loves you and like it doesn't matter you're you're okay and uh, and i and i'm here to, to to keep you safe which is so like Han being vulnerable is not what we're used to seeing but Leia being a badass is something that we're very much used to how, um, but how long this was... is this is one of absolutely my favorites i and always one of my favorite as a kid me too how long was
1: he frozen how long was he Bible. how long was he sealed in there uh, i think it's
0: uh, a little under or about a year. About a year. Wow. That's brutal.
1: I wonder if she ever, like, she ever wavered at all in that year. Do you think she ever got any strange?
0: No, I'm going to assume she was thinking more and more just like, you know, he, the blonde one looks, He's just he feels a little too, <laughs> you know, like kissing my brother. <laughs> Believe me.
1: It makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah that's great who's
0: who's Bosch? is that who the helmet that she's stolen yeah Bosch. Uh, it's a newbie's bounty hunter they i think they did a comic that kind of explained the story where they kill him and take his armor <laughs>
1: that's cool and she's just so tiny when she shows up she's got the thermal detonator she like it's so badass yeah. well and she kind of gets to be princess leia without being princess leia for a good portion of it you know she's in disguise and you know this now having seen it a million times and
0: and so and that should kinda, we be in, in on it mm-hmm.
1: Right. And 3PO not being in on it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Never. No, exactly. Lando as well. And he does like that, like pulling down the mask. I like it. I, I I think that's. Oh, it's. I
1: love the sequence. I mean, yeah, we talked about that recently too about how great Jabba's Palace is in general. And also, like a lot of Leia's great moments. This is not her fault, but I've got another one coming up shortly. Her great moments where she does the thing that she needed to do. And thank God mm. she did immediately some kind of hardship befalls them and ultimately they're in the clutches of evil once again. Like she quickly gets to like kiss him and like and and like wipe the sweat from his brow and then you hear the ho oh, oh, ho oh, oh, ho oh, oh, ho oh. ho <laughs> and next scene she's next scene she's in the gold bikini, which I did not put on the list. But uh, it is an iconic Leia thing.
0: No, I, I think of the sequence this is absolutely like the of those few kind of moments at the start of the movie, the one you put in, definitely. Yeah. yeah I think so. Um, So uh, you're you're right. A return for carbonite is necessary. And ultimately, I still think um, was my most creative theory on how you can make Rey make sense. She was frozen for this time. I I still like when I was brainstorming. And I think that's one that you can use in a future Star Wars story to connect a lineage in a way that nobody's going to expect. I think that can be a cool twist. Yeah. Uh, Number four. Are you on four now for Luke? I am on four, and this is a very important one. I I couldn't put it any higher. I I probably could have, and like, but it was like I just, I didn't in the end. But this is one of the ones that's the most uh, essential for connecting with the audience uh, and really putting yourself in the shoes of Luke Skywalker. And that would be uh, the twin sun horizon, and that is the moment that starts the hero's journey. Uh, Luke, kind of looking off, knowing that he's not necessarily. Getting what he wants out of life, but we know what's about to come and yet there's two two sons and it's Something that's familiar but so very different and we're all luke skywalker, but none of us are luke skywalker (laughs) And it's one of those things that it it ends with a a, luke luke and it's just it's it, it connects things in a way that luke is is just a kid and Very, very, very soon after he's not going to be right. His uncle and aunt are going to be burned and he is going to find a mentor and lose that mentor and find another mentor and lose that mentor. And like it is going to be quite the journey, but it's the the hero's journey. And it's what all of Star Wars is built on. Uh, And it's where we get the force theme and we get so many other beautiful moments that mirror this moment. Uh, It's one that uh, stands out as one of the most iconic moments in all of Star Wars, Um, but I think it's because so specifically we connect with Luke in that moment.
1: Yeah, that's a great way to describe it emotionally. I just think like purely from a a superficial standpoint like it's the calendar. It's it's the calendar. It's the desktop like it's 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 the best that Star Wars ever looks Uh, and and that's important because it's so early on in introducing this new character in this new franchise um and you're right about the twin sons too it's not just this quirk about this planet it's really illustrating the fact that you're you're not in kansas anymore and um very much so yeah and he's dorothy he is but he's he's kind of from this other world so like like you said we're never luke there there is kind of a distinction where he's you are dorothy
0: more so than you are luke True, but that's also at this point Luke doesn't know who he is either. True. Luke doesn't know that he is the son of Skywalker. He doesn't know that he is the the heir to the Jedi. He doesn't realize that yet. And I think that's another uh, incredible angle. That it's like you don't even know the start of it, kid. This is about to go like up to eleven.
1: It must have kind of killed you that you couldn't put this at number one.
0: It yeah yeah it, it did a bit for sure. Yeah, uh, actually no, not at number one. There were a couple like. There's one that I have above this that I just adore and love, and it's and may and to be honest, now that I think about it, part of me is is wondering if I there, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna justify it. <laughs> you fine. and you're but,
1: shuffling your lists mid show. No,
0: I'm not, I'm gonna just I'm gonna justify fine. And and another one is one that uh, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, the, my number one, I felt it, it, that was a very easy one for me. Yeah, but we'll get to that. That that one was very easy, and this this one did sniff uh, two, three, but it ended up at four, but nothing's nipped one.
1: Okay. This is my third uh, favorite princess third, Leia yeah. moment. Uh, number three features all of the main heroes in the original movie, except maybe Obi-Wan, but everybody else, uh, Leia gets to be the one with the heroic solutions to help them evade blaster fire. She grabs Luke's weapon, uses it to blow a hole in the grate in the death star. And she says, somebody has to save our skins. As you said it before into the garbage chute, fly boy. And if they haven't, uh, already made this point clear, uh, all the stereotypes about, uh, as you said, damsels in distress have been completely dismantled for for Princess Leia, who is taking charge. She is handling a gun. She's assigning cheeky, condescending nicknames that uh, are already irking Han very deeply, uh, and then she gets them out. Now, obviously, this is not unlike when she rescues Han at Jabba's palace and then immediately things go wrong. The garbage chute scheme is ill-fated. But it's necessary all the same because it gets them from one thing to the next from a to b Uh, and i also think that this is kind of where she and han and luke become a
0: trio for the first time i love the garbage shoot scene yeah and you make a good point that that is more it's a lot luke in the sense but the dianoga but like the, the the monster uh but leia yeah she runs the scene yeah and she's the one that is like arguing back and forth with these two characters who she's just met mm-hmm. and it does like it kicks them off it makes them the trio that we fall in love with um yeah it, it it's it's a great moment and uh well it's, it's her wearing this like white sack of a gown as well with the ridiculous buns in her hair as well but she's she still manages to handle the gun pretty well.
1: And that, and that's what I mean in, in particular when she like pulls the rifle out of Luke's hands and she just fires it and she, somehow she knows it's the garbage chute, I don't care. And, and then and you yeah, know it's kind of similar she could to smell it. it was
0: right next to herself.
1: And really when you think about it like what a strange mechanic for this machine that there's just like a grate that leads right down into the poop chute that like feeds out into the hallway like no office building operates this way it's very strange uh in terms of like architecture isn't it it is there are some flaws shaped like a moon (laughs) Yeah. yeah you're right you're right about that it's it's not so much the 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 garbage chute itself because obviously that's that's very iconic uh but i kind of also think of that as it's a lot of people. It's certainly Luke. It's it's Three PO in a big way. But it's it's the getting down there that I really like. It's her really deciding, okay, I know you rescued me, but I'm actually a little more adept at this than you clowns are. So give me your rifle. And that's what I like.
0: Yeah, you're right. The the, the funniest part of the garbage shoot is when Three PO is like, Oh, you can hear the screams. And they're, <laughs> they're celebrating They're dying. three <laughs> uh, PO. Oh, where could he be? Where could he be? Uh, but it's no, you're right, but like the second Luke opens that door to when they get in the garbage chute, like Luke opens the door and then Leia runs the show. Yep. And so it's yeah, it's a pretty awesome moment. Your turn for number 3, Luke moment. Uh my number 3 uh would be it's a it's a bit of a larger moment. That's and that was the 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 key key justification is the fact that it's it's coming back for a friend. It is Luke Skywalker returning for Han Solo. Ah. Uh, and so similarly to yours, it would be the the one handed, completely unprepared Jedi wannabe to one year later the black hooded robe who saunters into Jabba's palace, threatens him <laughs> after calling him your exalted one and giving him like giving away three PO and R two <laughs> and then killing a rancor mm-hmm. and then icing on the cake the true topper the one that is the. The little kid in me part that I absolutely loved is Luke being taken out on the sand skiff and then just giving Jabba one final opportunity and then having to kill everyone and doing it (laughs) and doing exactly what a Jedi does. It is aggressive negotiations and it is The the birth of the Jedi as we know it in the way that George Lucas wants these Stoic samurais it has hints of the dark that aren't what we want to see in our Jedi's But it is at the core Luke coming back to save a friend who came back To save his ass when he had to go for the Death Star who came back and always was there to protect Leia And it is it's just it's Luke being a complete and utter badass, but at his core being a good friend.
1: So hang on a second. Are you talking specifically about when he walks in robed and has the confrontation with Jabba? Cause you kind of just
0: described the whole first act of return of the Jedi. I know. And I did it, <laughs> but it is specifically, it is the act of Luke coming back for Han in the delusions of grandeur. It is the transformation that I'm talking about more than anything. Okay. Uh, and so it, it, you get to see someone who falls down the pit to the character who jumps into the pit springs right back up and grabs his brand new lightsaber from r2's head mm. and like that is the coolest that part of it that's, all. that's the my coolest favorite. part yeah that's my f- like that was the one that just oh my god that's so cool as a kid totally and when they repeat it in the clone wars colin i i think it was my biggest fist pump maybe i've ever seen in the clone wars when anakin and r2 repeat it of course um and it's just it's so cool because anakin does the salute to r2 as well and that's of course the the wonderful signal, but it's yeah, it, it, and that's the that was the reason as to why I was like, I wonder if like you'll like me playing around with my kind of the way I described the, these things. But yeah, it is the fact that it is it's Luke's transformation that he comes back, and because Return of the Jedi is such a weird act of it's a weirdly paced film. Yeah, it's a weird weird pacing in that regard. Yeah, um, it was hard to kind of pick a key moment in there, but. Um, I guess the transformation is the the way to, to sum it up.
1: I In particular, I really liked it, just his shadow walking in and it's quiet and everyone's like really mm. quite nervous. I think that I think that's exciting even now to watch it know what's coming. And, and also of course you make a good point uh, shooting the lightsaber out of R2's head. kind of makes you wonder like if this has actually been uh, used again, although previously in the timeline it makes you wonder if like this is R2's move more so than the Jedi's move.
0: I never thought of that. Of course it's R2's idea. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Colin, thank you. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good way of putting it. I just assumed like, you know, the force and Luke had the same kind of ideas as his dad. No, no, no. That is totally R2 giving the tip to Luke. Yeah. Uh, Definitely. 100%. And that makes them, oh, that's cool. That makes the moment even better. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, like the conversation with Jabba, I think I maybe didn't appreciate that as much as a kid. Like the words that Luke is choosing, Mm. the fact that he's constantly trying to give Jabba an out. He's trying to give everybody a note, but he's making it very clear that it's going to end very poorly for them if they don't take it. Yeah, and so that's what's just like the whole sequence of this, this is a, like, this is not like, who we who we who we left off, but at the same time, it he's still coming back for his friend. You're right because he's
1: playing with the light and the dark here. Be, you know, with the he's he's not really talking in a way that say like Mace Windu would always approve of, but like he's here to get mm. the job done, and and that's pretty yeah. cool. All right, my second favorite uh, Leia moment happens in A New Hope, the original Star Wars movie. Leia's captured by the uh, by the Empire. She faces both Vader and Tarkin. So here I'm kind of using your logic, stretching it out to be a whole scene. She doesn't sweat it for a second, man. At this point, it's in the canon, I guess. There's other Leia storytelling about her being diplomatically experienced for someone so young. Uh, But this is the first time we we really see Leia at all. And it's certainly the first time we see her in action for real. This teenage girl facing murderous authoritarian warlords like they're bitchy cheerleaders who need a talking to. Uh, she slips into an uncharacteristic British accent, which we've we've laughed about in the past. I, I don't care. It just kind of colors the scene and makes, makes for interesting chatter about how movies are made. She also gets to say to Tarkin, I recognized your foul stench when I was brought aboard and then refers to Vader as his lapdog. It's one of the, the all-time great Star Wars character introductions. This is how we meet Leia. And... And it really sets a tone for how formidable she's going to be from here on.
0: Because it also, we have set a clear tone as to who Darth Vader is. Yep. And a clear tone as to who Tarkin is. Right. And then you're setting this other tone with Leia once again. You're right. It further cements the fact that this, like, eight, this 19-year-old is ballsy beyond belief. Uh, and then I, I assume when you say you were going to stretch you were stretching out the entire scene. Are you including also her uh, diverting attention to Dantooine. No, I had And hadn't, then I blowing hadn't, up Alderaan as well. Or I hadn't no?
1: really thought to consider Alderaan either. I really just mean I would kind of want to choose two moments for this one installment on the list because they kind of are 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 a pair. The the introduction of Vader and and Tarkin to, oh, no, to no, Leia. No, that's that's one moment. That's I, one. I think it is too. It also kind of makes you curious about like what other interactions she, she's had with these two in the past, like. Uh, she's obviously very important to the galaxy, to the Galactic Republic, to Alderaan. But like, it kind of seems like she's on a face-to-face first name basis with these two people. She has not necessarily been shielded from them, socially speaking.
0: And it makes you wonder, like, what have their other interactions been like? She has had them with Tarkin. Uh, Tarkin was privy to Bail Organa and he was, he, he, he was on to him and what he was doing and he had dinner at their host one time. Oh wow. Uh, I want, I want to see yeah. that. I want to. Oh, see- yeah. Yeah. Like the Leia princess of Alderaan book is one of the best. It's one of my absolute favorites in the new Canon. Uh, and it's like the taunting that goes on there. But like Tarkin is, uh, he has some background with Leia. Um, Vader, I don't think has, but Vader is known to someone like Leia because she is a princess and she's been part of um, like young diplomats programs. I forget what they're called them, but she partook in all that shit uh, so that she was very well versed in um, becoming a successor of the Royal family of Alderaan. And that had a lot of Alderaan was a core world. That's what Tarkin means. He, uh, we you know, we need a core world to make a very clear demonstration. We're going to blow up the like art capital of New York. Uh, basically well or like in terms of like they let's pick the art capital of the most well-known area of our galaxy and then let's just let's let's let's, let's blow up the most peaceful one <laughs> although wow. they just so happen to have the rebel leader as they're um, <laughs> married to their queen so that'll be convenient for us right anyway so you co-sign great moment Absolutely cosign definitely yeah. your number two Uh number two uh, We definitely don't need to hang on this one too long highly recommend go back and listen to lax week's podcast uh, but it's necessary to put on the list and that would be luke skywalker projecting himself from the unknown regions all the way to crate to save the remaining 30 plus rem- people in the resistance to try one last effort to make Kylo maybe see his ways, but to apologize at least, and then to give them time to escape. Him projecting himself across the galaxy, realizing that it was the necessary thing to do, um, being able to do it in time, uh, and also the psychological toll that that likely took on Ben Solo and how that probably contributed to him slightly coming back and absolutely contributed to Ray's growth as a Jedi. And Yoda making it very clear to Luke that that was going to be a necessary thing for him to do. And the way is how can he pass on what he's learned? In a way, it's being that sign of hope and encouraging Ray to continue being so because he told her it's time for the Jedi to end. Well, what's the one way to tell her I was wrong? i will not be the last jedi and that is exactly what he does and he goes out there faces the first order with his laser sword and takes them on one versus the whole damn order right. uh, and it's so badass and it's just the most powerful thing we've ever seen done in the galaxy far far away
1: it's 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 perfect and um, i feel bad for folks who can't quite Find it within themselves to connect with it. Hopefully, they can over time. I I encourage you to try if it's if it's not been your your yeah. easiest. And, uh, and,
0: go ahead. No, sorry. Yeah. No, I was just say Yeah, because it's like it, it is a great moment, and it's not one that's like it's like oh, I feel bad for you. It's more of like it just like oh, it's it's a it's a shame because it does connect with so many people, and it, it's a shame that this movie is divisive. And I understand why it's divisive because I have a lot of problems with a lot of the stuff that is. It isn't the core part of this movie and that's kind of what's frustrating about this movie is this movie could be like uh, You just trim it up a few places here But these major core themes are really powerful and in particular Luke Skywalker and the relationships that Luke Skywalker has in this movie. I think are just done perfectly Mm -hmm. uh, start to finish and um, The way that they use the the Rashomon effect in this movie. That's what's called right the I think that's what it's called Yeah, Yeah, I don't know exactly I don't but know. it's just, it. it it's really, uh, it, it's the beautiful way to, because I mean, if you just watch the first three quarters of the movie, you're going to be like, well, fuck you, Luke. <laughs> but that you that's not the whole movie. No. That the last quarter matters. <laughs> right. in, it matters immensely. And so that's why it works so beautifully uh, and was such an important one to, to put on the list.
1: I also love Kylo in this scene. He's just he's he, so angry he's and confused, so
0: broken
1: and it's he's just like, yeah, he's so over it. And I you're right. Perfect scene. Let's not let's not belabor it too, too much. It's it's, it's a wonderful. Also, wonderful I,
0: I, I watched it again. He's also so pale. Yeah. I like he just he looks his worst, too. He looks sick almost. Yeah. Which evil I mean, evil ages his, you.
1: I think evil just yeah. makes you look worse in Star Wars and in real life, too, I think.
0: Yeah, and and just another example of just like it, it being pulling pulling off the subtleties really well. That's right. So before I get to my uh, my favorite one, I figure
1: I might as well rattle off a couple of honorable mentions now. Yeah. Um, uh, definitely, aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? I mean, this is this is a great. It's kind of what I described uh, leading into this. I didn't want to pick it because on its own, it's some of the best dialogue she ever delivers. It's one of the best lines in all of Star Wars, but it doesn't ultimately. <laughs> give you a whole lot of new leia it's kind of just like it's perfect for
0: her character but it doesn't necessarily advance the character a whole lot i think you already picked it though like you like you're going like too narrow to like say if you don't get that and her blowing out the garbage chute. sure i mean that's only like 15 seconds apart There, you're right they're kind of
1: connected and it's the same attitude there's no question it is for sure uh, strangling of jabba the Hutt, which i mentioned last week like that's a great thing that she Bad-ass. does and that follows a few other things that we've discussed. Um the honestly her reveal in Rogue One I know it's considered imperfect but when d- in discussing Luke turning up in Mando recently I had said that I'll always remember that and I will remember seeing leia in rogue one i because I, mm. it just didn't occur to me even seeing tarkin in this movie up to that point it didn't occur to me that we could do that with carrie fisher even if it's imperfect and they can you know tweak it over time but like that Hope is an amazing thing that they did and it's exciting and you're just so jazzed in that moment of the movie in particular uh similarly post acquisition uh Carrie Fisher's return, uh, her first reveal in The Force Awakens. Like, she's, you know, however you may feel about about Leia in the sequel trilogy, the kind of got dealt a bit of a crummy hand. But there's a sweet reunion between her and Han, and it's nice. Uh, mm. Leia Poppins, it's not my favorite execution, but I don't hate it quite the same as other people do. And yeah, um, I'm not a huge fan. And help me, Obi Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. It's I, I like I like the full speech, not just the snippet. Like I said, I think it's it it belongs to more than just Leia, but like she's prominent there. It's important for her. Certainly. So my favorite uh, Leia moment uh, will be no surprise to anybody who's listened to this podcast before, because I've I've ranked it high before. Empire Strikes Back. Leia is nastily sparring with Han at Echo Base on Hoth. That's two Yomi Junior. <laughs> Well, Your Worship, looks like you managed to keep me around for a little while longer. I had nothing to do with it. General Rykian thinks it's dangerous for any ships to leave the system until we've activated the energy field.
0: That's a good story. I think you just can't bear to let
1: a gorgeous guy like me out of your sight. I don't know where you get your delusions,
0: laser brain. Laugh
1: it up, fuzzball. (laughs) But you didn't see us alone in the South Passage restored true feelings for me. Why why you stuck up half-witted scruffy-looking nerf herder.
0: Who's scruffy-looking? Uh
1: in particular after Luke's rescue, I think it gets even better. Obviously, um Empire Strikes Back is a more proficient movie than A New Hope, which everybody agrees on. Uh this is the first clear example of that, I think. Lawrence Kasdan is writing this wonderfully uh hostile combative exchange between two soon-to-be lovers um, giving each of them more personality than the other can really handle in another person Uh, this is where Leia creates perhaps the greatest movie insult ever why you stuck up half-witted scruffy looking nerf herder and then she lays a wet one on Luke uh, just to make Han look jealous Um, I think this is as good as the best of all theater and it's when Leia is at her very best self in all of the movies in which she appears
0: yeah this is yeah this is an awesome moment yeah uh and to be honest colin i can't encourage the radio productions enough uh to get more Hoth. i mean they give you they give you an extra hour 80 minutes maybe hour and a half of Hoth. uh it's like it's really cool to see kind of that beefed up a little bit but it's, it's because, yeah, it's this incredible transition from this incredible first story. And, oh, wow, Leia has continued to rise up the ranks. Her planet got blown up, but rescuing the princess, now she is the military leader, and she is bossing people around, and she is telling people what to do. But Han is still there, but Han is kind of trying to leave, and it's this insane back and forth. It's, the of course, the, when you have back and forth, you get tension. And it's just... it's a phenomenal, phenomenal scene, and the dialogue. And three PO is the most necessary third wheel, Uh and Luke is a, a necessary diversion or piece to make Han jealous. But uh, and then, of course, the
1: right—he puts his hands behind yeah. his back. But really, he is a third wheel because he's being exploited there by Leia, who's just oh, do, yes. just doing 100%. it to get under Han's skin. There's a real sexiness to this scene, and like, and it's it's much more adult too. Like, yeah, it's it's still. Playful and, and and a family movie, but like this isn't just the circus. Like now, we're actually going to put on a really good piece of drama for you. And these characters are actually going to care about each other in a way that's not at all superficial. And um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that we should romanticize dysfunctional relationships, but they can be fun to witness when the characters are both lovable. And this is that.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Lee Bracket and Lawrence Kasdan for this bit right here because this is the kind of thing that you're never getting from George Lucas. No. And it's uh, as, as much as I absolutely adore him, there is uh, a wonderful blend when you can have uh, other cooks in the kitchen. And this is an example where you get a really fleshed out character and one that maybe Leia was strong on, on the page for George Lucas, uh, and he certainly proved it in A New Hope. So there's there's no downside in that, but like she gains so much strength in this movie um because of the way that she although han does do a good job of toying with her about it who's scruffy (laughs) looking yeah exactly but the way that she does do her her damnedest and and does succeed in doing so of putting everybody else first yeah that's right okay you have the you have the floor yeah, and so I'll do a couple of quick honorable mentions. Actually, no, you know what? I won't do the honorable mentions first. I'll go right to the 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 moment, the number one. Uh, mention those ones after, as well as my, my my bottom. Actually, no, I'll mention my bottom six first. Let's right. go to the bottom six. Let's Luke do it. Skywalker worst moments. Luke moments. Go. Worst worst Luke moment number six. But I was gonna go to Tashi Station and get some power converters. (laughs) I mean, the most whiny he's ever been. And I'm sorry, Tashi Station will be there in the morning. You can go there after you finish your chores.
1: Mark Hamill tweeted he was at a gas station that was actually called Tashi Station, and he's like, "Hey, better better
0: late than never." Ah, the wonderful Twitter. And also speaking of the wonderful Twitter of, of Mark Hamill and also my number six moment on here, uh, a beautiful thank you exchange between Peyton Reed and Mark Hamill thanking each other for um, making lifelong dreams come true. Yeah, that's uh, nice. That's <laughs> Because nice. they did it for both of each other, which is wonderful. Um, number five, the lightsaber over the shoulder to start off The Last Jedi. I adore parts of The Last Jedi. This isn't one of them. Uh, as much as I get the, the approach behind it and the sentiment and the thought process, that's not the way to treat a Jedi's weapon, even if you're Luke Skywalker. Agreed. Agreed. It's very disney at you, you, that moment. It's also, yeah, and it's also, the first thing you're going to say is, how did you find this and who are you mm. <laughs> you're not just gonna throw it over and walk away i don't care even if you are luke skywalker it's just it actually a, is a more likely
1: luke response it's a it's a cheap sight gag it's like and it feels yeah. very disney like it's it's what it's what raven would do if she was handed a lightsaber she didn't want not luke skywalker
0: <laughs> it's a weird comparison but sure
1: i feel very strongly uh, about that
0: <laughs> okay feels right to uh, number me. four uh, the length of his hair as a force ghost. Oh yeah. Ugh. CGI, it shorter. Make him cut his hair. Film it at a different time. These it aren't moments. So
1: these aren't moments. These are these are nitpicks about the design of the film. Okay. Those those are
0: two different movies. Okay. But those yes are the that's they're on my bottom six. Okay. Um, but number four. I mean, sorry, number three. Um, being more upset about Ben's death than about uh, uncle, Olin, uncle, brew. Yeah. That one is a bit of a, doesn't really line up for, he should have been a little bit more upset. They had to get the movie was...
1: going. They had to get the plot, yeah. the plot rolling. I agree. Um,
0: him considering murdering his nephew. Sure. That sucks. Two.
1: That does. That's, yeah. that, that's my biggest issue with the last Jedi. Frankly, if you, if you find a better way to do that, to tell that backstory, I don't think I have any problems with the last Jedi. I mean, other than the I'm... casino, but like, I think the Luke story is fine other than that weird and uh, like uncharacteristic
0: move. It is uncharacteristic but at the same time, I do think of it as, and it, it, I get the angle. Anakin Skywalker goes in with a blade intending to light it and he slaughters younglings. Luke goes to read his nephew's thoughts and then while reading his thoughts, realizes he's got a ignited lightsaber in his hand and is like, oh my god, what the fuck am I doing oh but of course doesn't catch himself in time and that's where and that's where you see like the third one and that's just that's the way I really interpret that moment as him like him not even realizing what he's doing and it kind of blending back and showing the fact that as much as Luke is so strong Skywalker blood is dangerous you might be right but I don't
1: too. I don't think that's how everybody reads that I think it looks no, like an is, assassination attempt
0: yeah yeah exactly and that's why I put it on my list because there is uh the subtleties could have been altered a little bit although i think i do do think it's a good job uh, he does of uh kylo's telling of it where luke looks like an absolute maniac (laughs) because it's like okay clearly that was not how it happened right that is his his version of it uh and my least favorite one would be uh the clear and present uh Sexual uh, interest he has in his sister for the first two movies
1: he didn't know there. George didn't, didn't know. know honestly <laughs> if you didn't know that Carrie Fisher was your sister too
0: you'd probably be sweet on her for a while exactly it's not one that we can blame no. uh, but let's go to in my opinion the clear cut not even close the best the most Luke Skywalker moment there is one of the most Star Warsy moments there is never
1: I'll never turn to the dark side.
0: You failed your highness. I am a Jedi. Like my father before me. So be it. Throwing the lightsaber to the side and I will never join you. I will never turn to the dark side. And it is the most jedi thing ever it is taking it is making the hardest decision it is making a decision that doesn't seem like is it even a decision it seems like is it giving up but no it's making the right decision the hardest decision the decision that ultimately turns anakin back the one that reverses the fate of the entire galaxy and by throwing his lightsaber away physically just tossing it like not even just turning it off but showing that I'll never turn. I'm not even gonna, I, I don't even need to hold on to it. Just electrocute me if you're gonna do it. We know you're more powerful than me here, Yeah. but that's not the point of the scene. That's not the point of Star Wars. And this is the reason as to why George Lucas goes back and makes the prequels because Darth Vader is a pathetic character and Luke Skywalker is a hero for throwing away the lightsaber, not for taking the lightsaber up and killing a bunch of people, even if they are baddies and darth vader isn't a badass because he's cool and a badass he's pathetic because he takes so long to go and help his son but is redeemed because of that and that's why we love him not because he's cool and evil and that's why this is such an essential moment for the family elements of star wars for the hero's journey for the flap opening up and showing the white it is luke skywalker to a t it is hard choices it is you being luke skywalker but at the same time it is you wishing you could be luke skywalker sure. because if you're at your hardest point if you can do what he did then you're the hero in your story as well and that's why this is the the perfect capper and ultimately the one that uh made it really hard for me to enjoy rise of skywalker um because i couldn't get the compare, and that's partly because JJ threw a bunch of opportunities for comparison in our face, Mm -hmm. but ultimately, this is the the perfect ending to the hero's journey.
1: You make a great point about how this scene interacts with the eventual prequels that are made, and in particular uh, with Anakin, because uh, we do need some kind of reason to believe, some kind of backstory that explains why compassion and love are are what it takes to turn this person back you need to you need to understand and I know they do show us you know um, an empathetic and loving side of of Anakin in his final moments here but we haven't seen that elsewhere and so we do kind of need to see the origins of that and to see like who taught him what love is or what compassion is um, and so it's nice that that George did that kind of retroactively I haven't thought about it from I haven't thought about it through the lens
0: of of Luke before and that's that's nice well one other way to even cement it a little bit further is how similar the decision for Anakin is between Palpatine being electrocuted by his own lightning deflecting off of Mace's saber to Luke being directly electrocuted by Palpatine yeah a clear distinction Palpatine is the evil in both of these scenarios. Anakin has a choice in both of these scenarios He makes the wrong one and then he makes the right one and that's why it's about those decision moments and ultimately the the main point of the whole uh, Trilogy there and so it's just such a beautiful moment. It's uh, it is the epitome of Star Wars It is uh, the reason as to why anyone who doesn't like Return of the Jedi is wrong it is uh it's,
1: it's, and it is about throwing away the beautiful. lightsaber too. It's about throwing away the lightsaber. It it's it's about, it's not about fighting
0: you. It's about not fighting you. And there's a it's subtle so, distinction it, it, there. Yeah. And it's, it's the active choice, not yeah. even the fact that just like, I can't beat you because I'm not as powerful. It's the active choice that I'm not even going to try. Mm. And that's the, that is the best way to beat you. Great. And it is what ultimately beats him. So.
1: So uh, is that it? Do you want to move on to the the news or do you have anything else you want to say? Yeah, about, uh,
0: okay. quick, a couple honorable mentions. Um, the, him teaching Ray about the balance of the force on uh, Octo. That's an awesome one, uh, moment. And um, the final attempt to turn Vader before the meeting with Palpatine, the conversation that they have before the elevator. Yeah. And he, like Vader takes his lightsaber. I see you've constructed your own lightsaber. Your training is almost complete. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it, that's a really powerful scene as well. Uh, you can kind of extend the whole ones, but that scene is so essential to my number one moment. Like you kind of can't have one without the other. It's so proper that moment. It's it's so official. It and ceremonial. But at the same time, it shows that like, well, then my father is dead, yeah. and so he just he leaves that and he takes him up to what we assume is going to be the end, or where Luke has to fight for dear life, and he does fight for dear life with savagery. Yeah. Uh, but then realizes that, oh, this is what happened to dad. <laughs> I'm not going to go this road right. <laughs> after he cuts the mechanical hand right off and looks at his own. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, finding out that he is the son of Darth Vader and then choosing to fall as opposed to joining uh, Darth Vader. But I felt that that was such an essential moment of more Darth Vader. Yeah. And so intrinsically both of them that it, it wasn't just uh, a moment that I, I felt was uh could classify luke on his own as a luke moment uh and even the fact that luke kind of chooses to not deal with his problems there <laughs> a little bit a little bit he does a little, a little bit. bit of that through a lot of the, sh- the series in fact <laughs> absolutely yeah. and that's kind of the point of the last jedi until the end yeah uh but that's why i, I had uh, the end of the last jedi as my number two moment so uh, All good. and there's also uh yeah uh a, another moment um i think i mentioned before on how um In the Battlefront video game, Luke uh, saves a guy, and he's an Imperial, and he says, "Why did you save me? And you killed all those stormtroopers because they didn't give me a choice, and because you asked." And it's just such a powerful moment of, "Damn, well that's a Jedi." (laughs) Yeah,
1: and also the Dread Pirate Roberts, for what it's worth,
0: he said, "Please." Good point. It was the please that intrigued me. Uh, So yeah, in the news. Uh, a little bit of good news here, uh, we don't know a whole lot, but Tom Kane, uh, an update, he's doing a little bit better, his rehab apparently is going well, and so that's just encouraging to hear, that's just really nice to see, and there was a picture posted, and he was smiling, and he was holding a cup of coffee, and so that's nice to see, and hopefully that continues to go in the right direction.
1: Clone Wars vo- uh, voice actor who just had a stroke recently. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, interestingly, it's been cool. Go, there's been lots of deep fakes going around the internet. Um, the Millie Bobby Brown, I saw and Sebastian I saw Sebastian Stan ones have been going around a lot. I saw Millie. Uh, it look incredible. Hers looks really good. I never really saw the resemblance until now. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty great. But it, it, the age ranges don't work in that way. But you can get away if you're ever going to tell another Leia story, and you want to. I mean, it, it's kind of a slam dunk. But you kind of have to do it now before she gets any older. Yeah. Or else she's going to be too in line with the leia age. Um and then the Sebastian Stan it, it definitely does work but uh it'll be intriguing. I still want uh, Luke to come back as uh animation so that Mark Hamill can be the the Luke Skywalker again. Yeah. Uh, Lucasfilm Games, so this was kind of announced right after, or maybe we did talk about it briefly, that uh, Lucasfilm Games would be a thing, but that there will indeed be an Ubisoft open-world video game uh, made by the same studio that did The Division. Uh, There's heavy rumor that it's likely going to take a lot of the conceptual approach to Star Wars 1313, which is a bounty hunter game, um, and similar to Mando in the sense that you like you build up your armor over time and so Mando has so many video game like elements that yep. they're going to use a lot of that inspiration and they would be kind of stupid not to so there's a decent chance you will be a Mandalorian bounty hunter um which okay. is will that be Bobo will that be Din will that be somebody else who knows they're not supposed to be bounty hunters uh, all of them uh to be honest actually if you gave me my my druthers um I'll take another Django Fett game actually give me yeah, Django sure let's go not? back That'd be a way better choice because uh, the galaxy'd be a little bit bigger and more Jedi to go up against. But. I really hope they whole-ass
1: this because I, I think if it's done Big well, time. people will be so happy, and they can print money from it. It's not just about that, but like it would make people so happy, and that's that should be the main goal.
0: Yeah, I hope it's got a, like a couple planets. Uh, I think Jedi Fallen Order was okay, but it 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 definitely definitely lacked some open worldness, and the the map layouts were were n- incredibly confusing and not open world concept at all. Um, Star Wars Galaxies was a game way back in the day. I never played it, but conceptually, it was what you would want. If you merge Star, Star Wars Galaxies, the concept of that updated in today's world would be like Grand Theft Auto, Star Wars sort of concept. Right. So it's that's that's what you want, to be able to go on these little kind of side quests and missions to build up your character, but also to explore the galaxy and build a ship and do fun things like that and really get immersed. And uh, also there really is a good opportunity to go to different time periods with these video games as well. I mean, you don't need to be as constrained. You can get a little bit more flexible because video games, you can get some choices. So very excited. Uh, There's still going to be Fallen Order 2 and Battlefront 3 likely, so EA is still making games, but this just means that there's going to be a lot of games as opposed to barely any. And that's exciting. Great. Great news. Yes. I mean, in the 2000s, Star Wars video games were friggin' everywhere. And now they're impossible. They're just not really a thing except for friggin' like N- N64 ones that they But
1: Well, and I was going to say that maybe there were too many. But actually, when I was a kid, I have played nary a Star Wars game that wasn't at least kind of awesome.
0: Yeah. They always were kind of awesome. Yeah. And we didn't play as many as we probably should have. We, I've never, and I don't think you were either, but like the big into the flight angles no. of things. But an open world game like this is always what I've wanted. And I've always felt that Assassin's Creed was the best model. Um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag was a pirate game. And so you have an ocean with islands. And so I felt like this is like conceptually that is a really good base for how you can build a space galaxy with ships. And like, these were vast oceans that you would travel between islands because you don't need to animate that much. Although you could dive deep into some parts of those oceans and like hunt for treasure and like fish. And so like, there's so much you can do with that, that it just seems uh, inevitable. And so that's Ubisoft as well. And, Very exciting,
1: and so this is going to be like a like a big sandbox. That would be yeah,
0: big open world. uh, And Ubisoft works at a really good pace. Like Assassin's Creed games, they are able to introduce them like every year or every two years. Hmm. And like if you can start churning out games at that rate of that quality, I mean Jesus, that's going to be a license to print money. Yeah, and if they make money, then we get more of them, and that's great. (laughs) That's what we want.
1: Do it. Okay. What's not? What? Uh, what else? Uh,
0: in the film world, uh, Patty Jenkins has mentioned before, but still no word as to who it is that uh, she wants the rogue, the rogue squadron writer to get their kind of their own day in the sun. So it's a he that was mentioned. No idea who it is, but okay. it's potentially somebody that's known. So that's interesting. Uh, but Kevin Feige, we did learn about uh, the Loki uh, creator and writer uh, doing the the first draft of his script at, at least right uh, but Kevin Feige also mentioned that uh, his involvement with Star Wars is one and done with this movie which is kind of weird and makes me think that he got it as a uh, oh in my contract I also want to do a Star Wars
1: yeah probably and it doesn't mean that it will be definitive like it can have a sequel he just won't work on it
0: yeah, and I'm I'm game with that. I'm just I I don't want them to do that. I I I want to make I want to make sure that that's not a thing. I mean, Feige is somebody you can give that to because of what he's accomplished. But don't make Star Wars a reward for people that you want to keep within your grouping. You did it, it's done with this guy, the guy who got the who's writing the Feige one. It yeah. was part of like a new contract and a package. But then again, he was also trusted to write Loki and create Loki, and so that makes sense. It's not weird at all. Same with Feige, but don't make star wars a reward that's the best way to get crapped. don't that's make it up do don't make do it up patty jenkins don't make it a bargaining chip like exactly yeah. patty jenkins has like a clear love for this story that we don't even know it, what it is yet but we already know that we're going to be invested in it because of the investment that she already has and so that's exciting bingo uh some more wonderful looks behind the scenes uh i don't think we really talked much about disney gallery season two for the mandalorian no. it's only one episode uh but it was awesome Uh, The main takeaways are that Tamora Morrison is wonderful, absolutely wonderful, and is a total goof behind the scenes. Uh, No surprise there, but very, very, very goofy behind the scenes. Um, Gina Carano seemed like she seems like an absolute tool on social media and is a buffoon, Um, but her castmates do seem to like her and support her, and so that's good. So, I mean, it's weird that somebody can, on paper, seem like, a, like, be a good person, but at the same time, have beliefs that disalign with that. And so it, it's not that weird. It's, 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 it's the story of America. I know. America. But it's, yeah. I know. It, it's it's so strange. Um, but she continues to like double and triple down, even with like supporting the bloody protests. I mean, uh, sorry, like the Capitol riots. Like, she, there oh, was, God. Some, she, oh God. Well, like, I shouldn't say support them, but she liked some things on Twitter. Like, Ugh. she's too stupid to realize the fact that people can check what you like
1: and so it's pretty clear
0: when yeah i'm surprised that they're not like
1: keeping a better watch on that but it's not none of my business i I guess i don't care that much no
0: um rosaria dawson is just a professional she's just an absolute professional and it was just so clear behind the scenes and that's exactly why she was cast and as much as ashley eckstein did an incredible job and was a professional as the the voice of ahsoka um potentially leading these like this amalgamation of shows that will come together for an event series and having her own series having someone who's a pro like rosario dawson lead the show is, is necessary and uh she was commanding on set she was having a fucking blast yeah she was just goofing around with everybody george lucas grogu dave filoni um so yeah and uh, she seems like uh, she's really taking this seriously, which is awesome. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard seems like a cast favorite, uh, seems like a wonderful mom and just everybody feels just warm and happy around her everybody was just smiles there was not a single person that wasn't just smiles and didn't speak about like Bryce is just so wonderful oh yeah and she just uh, she just seems awesome I, I i feel like the tones that i've seen i think she could be really good to do some directing uh, alongside Dave Filoni for Ahsoka, and uh, she's easily going to be continuing to get projects because of uh, how well she worked there. She clearly likes it.
1: She likes doing it, and so does Peyton Reed. And so, yeah, they yeah. haven't let us down. I think so he's even
0: been mentioned for doing some fruit future episodes of Mando, maybe for Mando season three. Um, but his behind-the-scenes approach—he was very, very smart. And uh, there are just certain people that when you hear them talk about Star Wars, you're like, "You get it." And he was—he was one of those people. And so that was—that was really nice to see. Nice. Um. Liam Neeson doing a real bad job, making it look like he's not in the Obi-Wan series. Yeah, I know. Uh, literally <laughs> like, Oh, they're doing an Obi-Wan series. Oh, they're doing an Obi-Wan series. I'm not sure about that. I'll have to look into it. I'll see. I'll see if they need me. Um, yeah, give me a break. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. He's, he's acts like he's never heard of it. So he's already been cast as my is pretty much guaranteed. Probably. Um, he probably already sent in his, his phone lines. Uh, <laughs> he just says, but that's going to be cool to see qui again. Uh, I hope that Obi-Wan, uh, is able to, m- find a way. I don't, I don't know how to do it. They could just find a way to just make him visible, uh, and, and explain it in some other medium doesn't yeah. really matter. But, uh, if Obi-Wan goes off world, it would make plenty of sense. Uh, I, I, I think that there's a lot of, uh, based on, um, the working title Pilgrim, I think there's a lot of, um potential for this to be about obi-wan going on his force journey to learn how to become a force ghost Mm. uh yoda has goes on one of them in the clone wars it's an incredible arc um so i think there'll be a little bit of that for obi-wan in this and that would then of course uh lead to him learning more from qui-gon so that would make tons of sense
1: Great! Really excited. I, I had mentioned to you that I saw Liam Neeson on James Corden last week, and they do this segment on the Late Late Show called Late Late Show and Tell. When guests are at home, they just like show a cool thing in their house, and he showed his Qui-Gon Jinn lightsaber, which is now like man- mounted on a placard. I saw. Uh, he was like really giddy about it, and like honestly, James Corden is not rude about it, but he clearly does not care. Like he's like he's maybe just not a Star Wars fan. He's kind of like. He's he's awing a little bit, but not with any specifics. He clearly doesn't no. have any curiosities about. That's the real lightsaber, and whereas I would be
0: like, you know, I'd be giggling. Well, Dude, the coolest part about it was the fact that like not only like they made the plaque back when the movie was still called the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I found that interesting too. Yeah, it was called the beginning for a while on at least on the script.
1: Dodged a bullet um, there.
0: Yeah. Ah. yeah, Phantom Man is such a good title. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, not confirmed, but heavy, heavy, heavy rumors that um, my dream is coming true and that Lars Mickelson, the voice of Thrawn, will be the face of Thrawn in live action as well. You were on this uh, more than is... a year ago. Ages ago, you were on this. And it just makes too much sense. Oh, I also looked into it because I've mentioned before how other Mandalorians um, have been cast in like Rebels and Clone Wars and are fitting for who they would be uh, if they live actioned them. Who's the guy who's in the Crown? Uh, Toby something? Tobias Menzies. Tobias Menzies. Yeah. Tobias Menzies was in Rebels. Oh no way! Yeah, he's an astonishing actor. Yeah. So there, it, it, there is a Mandalorian who was portrayed by Tobias Menzies. Who, if you need to live action him, would be played by Tobias Menzies.
1: You totally could. Like he's he's and he's actually very Star Wars. He hadn't thought about it before. But like he's very one of those like classically trained British actors, and he's. Uh, handsome but like yeah I, I'm totally for Tobias Menzies in Star Wars he is a
0: breathtaking actor yeah and uh, I just double check to make sure and yeah it, it is it is indeed him and he yeah. is indeed cast to look similarly to the way he would look as well and so they certainly nailed that aspect of things Nice. Uh, and I continue to uh, read Light of the Jedi it's uh, at the top of New York Times uh, bestsellers and it's uh, awesome it's nice just really really good i'm going a little bit slower than i want probably through it i'm probably the third through it but it's uh it's really really great uh, i'd say the coolest part so far has been their the way the different jedi view the force uh and so like it's described one of them uh experiences and the force like a song when they go into like a pure meditative uh, state it's like chiming and musical whereas one of them views it as like a dance with wind one of them views it as a dance with fire and one of them views and it's like it's it's all about like different like one of them views it as a surf um Uh-oh. and one of them views it as being a leaf on the greatest tree of like biryaga who is a wookie okay. he views himself as as a as a, as a tiny leaf On the most mighty tree of all time and the most mighty tree of all time is the force with its roots that plant deep into the earth of the galaxy that connect all things and all living uh, Beings and so it's just like it's very like and they do it for all like the different angles of the Jedi and kind of It influences the way that they like the two who view it like a dance with wind and a dance with fire that's the that's a master and apprentice that is clearly as to why they're master and apprentice because they have a similar connection to the force that way and so it's just really smart um and it's blowing up uh the force in the galaxy just making it broader uh it's checking all the boxes
1: dang i love it that's
0: so nice yeah and uh that's uh, That would be it in the world of Star Wars news. Any cool. birthdays?
1: Only one birthday, and it's one that we should have mentioned last week. I just uh, I missed it somehow. So a happy belated birthday on Thursday, January 14th to Carl Weathers. Not only Grief Karga, right. but a one-time uh, Star Wars director. So maybe he'll do some more of that going forward. Probably. Yep, could see that happening. Listen, we would love to, to hear your lists of your favorite Luke Skywalker moments or your favorite Leia moments. We're probably going to do some version of these lists again, but we're going to switch them up because we didn't uh, get the opportunity to reverse. So going forward, we would be happy to share uh, some of your thoughts. You can always email us uh, your thoughts on the podcast or Star Wars in general, uh, recorder66podcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet at recorder66. Please always uh, consider rating and reviewing on your preferred podcast app. And until we are together again, may the Force be with you.